This is Fearless Rebel Radio, a podcast about body positivity, self-worth, anti-dieting, and feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanen, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 78 of Fearless Rebel Radio, and I am interviewing Krista Niles, therapist and body positive dating coach, all about the world of dating and relationships from a body positive perspective. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this podcast, including a link to information about Krista's Curvy Cupid collaboration program with Virgie Tovar at summeranonen.com forward slash 78. That's seven, eight. Before we begin, I have two announcements. First, if you haven't already done so, I would greatly appreciate it if you went to iTunes to leave a review for this podcast. It helps others to find the show and the information that you are learning here, which helps to put an end to diet culture. You can do that by heading to iTunes, searching for Fearless Rebel Radio, clicking ratings and reviews, and then clicking to leave a review or simply give it a rating. Secondly, you can get the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinanin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body or go to thebodyimagecoach.com to find all of this information. Today's guest is Krista Niles. Krista is a licensed clinical social worker and the developer of the Curvy Cupid course. She's a therapist and body positive dating coach who trained at Stanford University and at the University of Chicago. Krista is passionate about harnessing the power of research and evidence-informed practices to teach confidence, body positivity, and health and happiness at every size. I learned a lot about dating and how to meet people and how to initiate contacts with people in this episode, so I think that you are going to love it too. Hi, Krista. Welcome to the show. Hi, Summer. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so happy to have you. I have been out of the dating scene for over 13 years. Oh, good for you. So I pulled my body positive Facebook community for a lot of the questions that I have here for you. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I'm so excited. There were a lot of questions. So there is certainly a need for the work that you are doing. And I'm really, really happy to have an expert like you here today. Oh, you're so sweet. Before we get started, I'd love for you to tell everybody how you how you got into this line of work. Sure, absolutely. So, um, I mean, one thing that really drew me to creating a course on dating at any size was that I spent seven years dating as a plus size woman. Okay. And I ran into pretty much every roadblock that I could imagine. I feel like I tried everything that you need to try uh, at least once. And I went on so many terrible dates. And I think I did everything wrong that a person could possibly do wrong. And um, it dawned on me, I was starting to work with a lot of women in my practice who were looking to date. And they were struggling with a lot of the same issues that I had been struggling with. And I started to think, maybe we don't all need to do this completely alone. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be each woman reinventing the wheel when she decides to start dating, 
on her own. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could actually have some guidelines in place, um, pull from some of the research on what actually works. Maybe we could have a community where we could talk about the things that are going wrong and um, even a community where plus size women can gather together and chat with each other about the specific difficulties of dating as a plus size woman. And, um, and I thought, you know what, I have to create that. I just have to. And so I'm a psychotherapist. And so I drew a lot from my research on social or not my research, but what psychology says about um, social anxiety and how to overcome shyness. Um, there's actually been some pretty good research done on dating and what makes that work. And I just put it all into a course. I did some specific research on online dating and what makes that work. And I just put it all into this one place where people can watch videos and talk to each other and connect with each other and work through it in a way that really gets real outcomes. And is that and are you is what you're referring to the Curvy Cupid program? That is the Curvy yeah. Cupid course, exactly. Great, yeah. amazing, amazing. Well, I, I love a woman that goes out there and and creates something out of a need for themselves. Like you, you know, you think to yourself, like I need this, I would right. need this. So right. it doesn't exist. I'm going to go exactly. and create it. That's great. I mean, another thing that I noticed too is that just working with people one on one didn't quite seem to be doing the trick that I thought we needed something bigger, something that was kind of more comprehensive, where we could keep coming back to the um, to the data day after day to the lessons, to the specific skills that we needed to keep coming back to and where we could connect with each other and not have to just be completely isolated and trying to figure it out by ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's particularly important for um, women who maybe a lot of their friends are in relationships and, and uh, you know, you know, like some of my friends are single and it's hard for me to relate or be able to help them because I don't, I ha I'm not in their shoes. And, and so I think yeah. it, there's something so powerful about being around other women that are going through the exact same thing as you. And so to put yeah. something like that together um, is it, it does have such a bigger impact than the, than just trying to figure it out on your own. Well, that was part of what was so lonely about it for me is that I was watching all of my friends and I used to kind of divide it into you know, me versus all of my beautiful and thin friends. Mm. And I would watch them all finding these amazing partners and these incredibly considerate partners and these people who just, you know, couldn't get enough of them and who wanted to do anything to show them that they were loved. And they were getting these like adorable proposals and having these just elegant weddings. And I, I was kind of like, that's everything that I want. And why am I, you know, dating this douchebag over here, like who doesn't give a shit about me? Like, it was just so frustrating and isolating to just feel like I was the only one experiencing the hardships that I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad that you created this. So let's I mean, let's dig into to unraveling some of this and giving some of the people listening some solid advice. One of the first things that came out when I asked my community was, where do I even begin? So for somebody yeah. who hasn't been in the dating scene for a long time, maybe they've been out of it for a while, maybe they were married, and now they're on their own again. Um, may, or maybe they're just not experienced, like they haven't really had a lot of experience dating. I think that there's, it's, it's a big hurdle. And they yeah. don't, they don't even know where to begin. And that was like, that was a few people said that it was just where do I even begin? So Oh, that's such a good question. Yes. I love that question. Um, so I guess I have a couple of thoughts about that. 
I mean, one, if you're kind of not really ready to get started with the actual dating quite yet, but you want to start moving in that direction, one thing I might recommend is setting up some photo shoots. And I know that can kind of be one of the harder things for women to do, but I recommend it because it's not exactly dating. No one's actually going to see these photos yet. And actually the way that I recommend doing it is you get to do some fun things. One of the things that research shows about online dating is that having action shots of yourself doing the things that you love, um, that gets a lot more clicks. So if you have kind of your main photo is you like, you know, on the top of the peak of your favorite hike or you holding the pie that you just baked Mm -hmm. or you like sailing, you're going to get a lot more clicks from interested parties than you would if you had just a photo of your face. And so I recommend that people schedule, say, two or three fun activities over the next few weeks. You can spread it out, take some friends, and then have people just take photos of you the whole time. And if you're really photo shy, I recommend that you have your friends just pick their favorite ones and put together a little album for you. And they can just hold on to it until you're ready to take the next step, which would be putting up a profile. Now, if that kind of feels a little bit overwhelming, I definitely have a couple of different options that I recommend in my, um, I have a free course. It's just a seven day email course. It's called the Plus Size Dating Starter Course. And it's on my website. So curvycupidcourse.com slash plus size dating. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you'll put the link in there somewhere, but, um, but one of the, one of the things that that course has is it just has a lot of different ways for you to start. It's got a little bit of myth busting. It's got a little bit of, here's how you get a profile up there within one week. It's got a little bit of, you know, help with the photo shoot. It's got a little bit of coaching on how to get started, um, getting your profile filled out and fleshed out so you can start finding some of the right fits for you. And so you can kind of pick which one feels like the right thing to do. The truth is you're going to have to pick one thing and then do it. Mm -hmm. Um, because once you kind of get moving, that's going to breed a little bit more movement. So if you kind of start getting going on one thing, cause there's so many different moving parts here. So if you say, okay, I'm going to focus on these photo shoots and you do it, that's going to lead you to want to put up a profile. Or if you say, you know what, I can't even deal with the photos right now. I'm just going to go ahead and create a username and, you know, get a profile up there. Great. At some point you're going to need the photos. And so that's going to lead to that. And so, you know, whatever you end up kind of deciding to do, pick one thing that gets you moving in that direction and just do that and start there. Yeah, that's great advice. And so, After you've done a profile and let's say you start to have conversations with people. Yeah. You know, what do you, what do you talk about? What are you supposed to talk about? (laughs) That is a really good question. That's a really good question. It can feel really daunting. I feel like in person it's easier. I almost feel like online it would be more difficult to have these conversations. It really is. And so there's not really any specific topics that I would recommend talking about um, while you're just messaging back and forth with somebody. But what you want to do is you want to find somebody whose profile is interesting to you. And that's why I'm going to go into this probably a little bit more later, but that's why I recommend using a profile-based site like OkCupid rather than a photo-based site like Tinder. And the reason for that is that you can really delve into their profile and find things that are interesting about them to message them about. And so you want to pick like two or three things from their profile and send them a message. 
And if you're funny, you can be funny, you know, and if you're, you know, if you struggle to be funny in writing, that's fine too. You can just ask them a few questions about their profile. Like, oh, I hear you're into video games. What video games do you like to play? Like, oh, I see here that you're into hiking. Like, where do you like to hike? Um, even if it sounds kind of mundane, people love to talk about themselves. And so if you're asking a question or two, they're going to pick up on at least one of those to answer back to you if they're interested. And, um, and then you're going to strike up a conversation and you want to be looking for the same thing from them. You want to be sure that they're asking you specific questions about your profile. You don't want the guys who are just like, Hey, cute smile. What do you like to do? They just sent that same message to 50 different girls. Mm, that's good you tip. want the people who are like, oh my gosh, I see that you were in China last year. Where did you go? Or like, I, I hear that you like to travel. What's your favorite place to, to travel to? You want those people to be uh, reaching out to you. Awesome. That's so good. And I'm curious to know, have dating norms changed over the last few years? I know a few of the people that I spoke to were, were in long-term relationships and have come out of them. And they were curious to know, like, have, have dating norms changed? They really have. They really have. I mean, this doesn't come from anything resembling research that I've done, but this comes from just having been immersed in this world for a while. Um, I was even just remembering. So when I first got started with dating, um, I came out of college and I, you know, was pretty determined to do some deliberate dating. And um, so I put up a profile on Match.com and I didn't even put up a photo. Like at the time, it was like totally acceptable to not have a photo while dating. Right. And I think even at the time, like you kind of had to wear like dark glasses going on your date. Like it was still very taboo to do online dating. Whereas now online dating is very much the norm. And if you're dating, I'm strongly recommending that you're using online dating because everybody's on there. And especially a site like OkCupid, everybody's on there. It's free. And um, it's just so much more the norm now to have online dating be part of the things that you're doing to meet people um, that I, I can't even imagine dating without using it. Whereas before, I think it was totally acceptable to go to bars or take classes or, you know, just plan on running into somebody at a friend's party, which those are all great things to do. But you should also be doing online dating because online dating, everyone's on there and it just really increases the odds that you're going to meet somebody who's just awesome, who you never would have run into in real life. One of the things I've heard is that it's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, is, oh, there, yeah. is there a way to make it? a little easier or is it just, <laughs> it, you know what, this is just going to be a little bit of work. Right. Absolutely. And oh my gosh, I abs I would have been right there asking that question um, back in my twenties. I, oh, I would have asked that question because it's so much work. It's like applying for jobs. It's right. so hard and it's boring. And oh my God, you go on some boring dates. Like it is really, really tough. And I wish I could say that there was some way to make it easier but it's just hard. I think one of the problems that people run into is that they are um, expecting it to be easier or hoping that it'll be easier. And so what happens is that they kind of half-ass it. I mean, that's what I did for sure. Oh, like okay. I would just put up a profile and then I'd be like, all right, you know, matches come to me. And that would not happen. 
And you actually have to be going on there, messaging people, responding to messages. You have to be, you know, checking people out and answering match questions and all sorts of stuff. And you have to be doing stuff offline as well. Um, and it really is an investment. And so there are ways to make it tolerable. Um, and I talk a lot more about this in the Curvy Cupid course. There are ways to make it tolerable. One of them is not doing it alone. You know, if you have to do something really hard, you're going to need a support group. Yeah. If you have to do something that's incredibly discouraging and there's just not really any way to make it less painful, you're going to need your people to support you through it. So I really recommend having a community. Another way to make it tolerable is um, is to make sure that you're taking breaks. And we definitely talk a lot about this in the course, how to take a deliberate break so that you're not pulling your entire profile off of there, so that you're not giving up entirely and then coming back to it a year later and feeling like you have to start again from square one. Um, you're going to take a deliberate and yet fairly brief break and you're going to come back and you're going to keep going. And that's the same as with anything hard. If you're running a marathon, you're going to have to hit a water stop at some point and you're going to need to walk for a second and drink some water and chill. And then you're going to go back to running. You're not going to just end the marathon at the first water stop. And it's a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. And so while I don't have good news on the, can we make it easier front? Um, I have good news on the, we can make it more tolerable front for sure. And what I'm hearing is really important is just being an active participant in it and, and, um, you know, being the initiator and, and things like that, which, you know, oh, this is going to like, really like make me seem old or old fashioned, but <laughs> it was, you know, when you were younger, it was like, well, the, bo the boy asks the girl <laughs> right. and I, obviously I'm referring to this in a heterosexual sense, but so I, I know it would be different for people who are in same sex relationships, but, right. um, that was just my initial thought. It's like, no, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta put in, you gotta put in the effort and, and, and initiate these, these types of, um, discussions and like reaching out to people. Right. Absolutely. You know, I was listening to um, a, a Dear Sugar podcast the other day that where Lindy West was on and she was talking about how she really had this idea that for women, all you had to do was be attractive enough and then wait for a boy to come pick you mm -hmm. and how she felt like she was kind of waiting and waiting and kind of just never got picked. And so, yeah, one of the things that we talk a lot about in the course is how to be a deliberate dater. Yeah. And we talk about that. I talk about that even in the free mini course as mm -hmm. well, that being deliberate about this is it's just going to increase your odds of finding the right person. I found that I did go on dates sometimes with people who had messaged me first, but I never had a good time. Like I, that might have been a very small minority of the dates that I went on. If I went on a date that was going to be good, it was because I had messaged the person. And it's not didn't necessarily mean that I was asking them out. Um, I dated both men and women on um, on with online dating, mm -hmm. and um, and so it, you know with women, I think I was doing more of the asking out. But with men, it didn't necessarily mean that I was asking them out. It just meant that I might send the first message, you know. Right. And so I think it's okay if you like to be asked out to see to wait and see if that'll happen or you could make maybe make the first move and then kind of wait for them. I think that that's fine, but you don't want to just wait to be messaged because that'll be a long wait. Okay. And you probably are going to get messaged by a bunch of people who are not good fits. Whereas if you were doing the messaging, you're probably going to message some decent fits. That's such good advice. I was always the initiator. I was always the aggressor. Yeah. I was always the one who acted first and, you know, 
got my heart broken a lot, but <laughs> right. yep, me too. it ended up well. I mean, I'm with my husband because yeah. I initiated it with him. So <laughs> oh, perfect. Exactly. Yeah. I initiated with my partner too. So I want to get into the way that we feel about our bodies as that relates to dating and putting ourselves out there. Um, cause that was a common factor that kept, com- kept coming up for some women, you know, this, this, Absolutely. this idea that like, why would somebody want to date me? And obviously so much of that is bullshit that we've been fed about, right. you know, only women who look a certain way are attractive, quote unquote. So right. what advice do you have for women who want to put themselves out there, but they're feeling, you know, they're feeling self-conscious about themselves and, and specifically around their appearance? Absolutely. It is so hard to break through that one. Um, for me, I honestly, I um, started working on body positive, body positivity mid college, midway through college. Um, and I had been working on it for several years by the time I started really deliberately dating. And yet I felt fairly, you know, terrible about my body. Um, I wasn't able to put up honest pictures of myself. I didn't like how I looked. I would feel depressed for a week after seeing a photograph of myself. I really didn't feel like I was worthy. And I think that that kind of led me to some pretty bad dates Mm -hmm. because I wasn't really feeling worthy. I wasn't feeling like I was somebody who um, deserved a really great person. And that is so problematic Because the truth about this, so if we're looking at plus size women, the truth is that 20% of guys either don't care about the size of the person that they're dating. So if we're looking kind of heterosexual dating, 20% of guys don't care about a woman's size or prefer a, a plus size woman. So if we're looking at kind of body size, and I, when I found that, that's recent research out of Chapman University, and when I found that out, I was shocked because I would have thought it was significantly lower. Mm. And I think a lot of women think that way, that it's 2%. It's 0.2%. There are no guys out there who are going to want to date somebody of my size. It's actually one in five. You know, that's a pretty decent number. Yeah, I mean, hell, right? Like it's still 80% of guys who aren't interested in dating a plus size woman. And you know that 70% of them are plus size. So that figure doesn't quite add up. So this is not like super great news, but it's decent news, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not 2%. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would really think about that, that there are people out there who either don't care or who prefer to date somebody who is plus size. Number one. Number two, we don't have to love ourselves perfectly first. Yes. I mean, that's really something that I found. Now, I mean, it helps to do a course like yours, Summer, or Virgie Tovar's Babe Camp, or um, something something along those lines. It does help to have kind of a baseline of just knowing that there are people out there who know that you're worthy, even if you kind of aren't quite there. Right. It helps to at least have some community around this. But you don't have to perfectly love yourself. There's this myth. you got to love yourself first or, you know, who's going to be able to love you if you don't love yourself? And yes. for me, that was just an eye-rollable lie mm-hmm. because finding my partner, Amy, who is just the most amazing person and really everything that I wanted in a partner, finding that person was life-changing in terms of really solidifying that last bit 
of doubt that I had in my soul that I would ever be lovable at this size. Um, I think it's okay to, you know, hope that the person that you meet is going to be kind of that last final push that gets you over the finish line to feeling really good about yourself and not having your self-worth, you know, waver 50% on a day-to-day basis, which is what I kind of experienced even long after finding body positivity. And, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. I say, even if you're kind of not quite sure, not quite sure you're going to meet somebody, I would at least get started with some of the um, motions, you know, even if your heart's not quite in it yet. I would get started with some of the motions and I would really start to create your community because those are the things that are going to get you going later, even if your, you know, self-image isn't quite perfect yet. Right. And I think that community piece is really important as it relates to, you know, if you have a, an experience where you end up just not feeling good afterwards or, um, uh, I, you know, just rejected, e- even if you weren't completely, uh, you know, overtly rejected, often we just kind of internalize feelings of, of rejection based on experiences that we have. And I think having that community to lift you back up and say, I've been there too, or, yes. you know, you'll yes. be okay. I think that that's so important because it can feel really isolating if you are, if you're trying to navigate that on your own. Exactly. And I'm so with you on the, you don't have to love yourself first. That bothers me so much. I feel like if someone loves you and respects you unconditionally, it's okay if you don't feel that same way about yourself yet. The most important thing is that you're not receiving your sense of self-worth from that relationship and that they're treating you with respect and love unconditionally. I think the problem is, is when we don't, we don't love ourselves. And then we're, we're in situations where people are disrespecting us or treating us poorly. And we, we, we settle because we don't think we're worth it. And that I think is the only time that it's problematic. I, and I completely agree with you on that. And I didn't mean to um, suggest that you stop working on your self growth, even after you found the right person. Um, I think that you, you do need to keep working on it and you don't want to be completely reliant on another person for your self-worth. And you're right that if you have kind of this lower view of yourself and I was this person for so many years, this was me, um, dating person after person who didn't see me, you know, who didn't respect me. And I thought that was just maybe as good as I was going to get. And um, just the idea that I had a relationship in my life that, you know, that felt good enough. Mm-hmm. And it was really only once I really shrugged that off and I said, well, that's worse than not having anything at all. You know, somebody who doesn't see you, doesn't love you really, who doesn't, you know, care about you, who's going to talk shit about you behind your back or who, you know, like is going to kind of play games with you. Like, yeah. That's just worse than not having anything at all. So you're really right that you don't want to kind of just rely on, oh, I have a relationship as um, as your self-worth. Yeah. Because that's a recipe for uh, a terrible fit. I did that for a long time and I was treated poorly by many different men in my life before I met my my, my husband. But when I met him, I was I I was at a really bad stage in terms of my body image and self-acceptance and he he's been through the whole process with me and it actually was beneficial because he always saw who I really was and I just I just 
didn't see that for myself. And so having him support and encourage me. So yeah, I mean, I think it's just bullshit. So you don't have to love yourself first. (laughs) That's the bottom line. I feel very passionately about that. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Because I don't think there's ever any end to loving yourself either. You don't just get to a point where you're like, I love myself now. You know, it's like this, it's this journey over your lifetime where you're constantly working on acceptance, I think. Like we're always accepting different parts of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can get to a point where you're fairly certain of worth. Yes, but you're right. There's no point where you're going to be like, you know what? Okay, I have the exact right amount of self-confidence to start dating. (laughs) No, you're not going to be ready. You're not going to if you're waiting for the moment when suddenly you feel ready. It's just not going to happen. Yes, that's actually something I was going to ask you is, is, you know, because uh, the, the first question I asked was around, um, you know, what to, where to even begin? And, you know, do you ever feel ready? Like, or is it just, you just kind of have to face that fear and just go for it? I think that's something that I learned over uh, the course of my seven years of online dating. I think I, I spent a lot of time kind of waiting and then I'd be like, okay, okay, all right, I feel okay now. And then I'd go on and I'd get some rejections and then I'd go off and say, okay, I'm going to wait until I feel ready. And I'd waste months or a year um, and then go back on and have to start again. And, and what I ended up getting, the point I ended up getting to actually, um, went the final round of online dating where I met my partner. Um, it started right after just the most devastating, heartbreaking breakup. And I was so not ready. I, I went on OkCupid and I put up the most depressing profile I think anyone has ever written. Uh, which is saying something considering it's on, you know, it's okay, Cupid. So, um, you know, I put up just kind of all of this really depressed stuff and kind of cynical stuff. And I left it there and I got like zero messages and zero messages back from people I was reaching out to. And, you know, a week later I was like, okay, okay, let's go ahead and remodel this thing. Let's, you know, go back and look at it and take it down to the studs and try again. And sure enough, I was feeling a little bit better at that point. So I was kind of able to put up more positivity or funniness or, you know, cuteness or whatever in there. And I started getting some messages. And that's really something I recommend. If you are not sure where to start, your profile can always be edited. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're kind of not feeling ready, your profile is not written in stone. There is nobody who's going to like track that shit. You can go ahead and just throw something dumb up there and then go back a week later and edit it. You know, you can figure out, ooh, oh, this is the coolest thing. I want to put this on my profile. Or like, oh, my God, that's so funny. I'm going to put that joke on my profile. You know, you can do that. Oh, I want to put this poem up there. In fact, when I met my – or when I saw my partner's profile on OkCupid, she was so, like, poetic and literary. And I swear to God, I went in and put some, like, some poetry into my profile so that when <laughs> I messaged her that I would be more attractive. <laughs> so you can even do it for, like, a single person if you want to. And um, so that's something I really, really, really want people to know is that you don't have to like put up the perfect profile um, just to get started. If you're not feeling ready, just put something up there and get weird messages and, you know, get no replies. And then when you're ready, you know, you can go back and edit it and you don't have to wait until you're like ready, ready to even get started. You can do things like one step at a time. I feel like perfectionism would get in the way of that because you, it would yeah. never feel perfect. It's, impo- <laughs> it's impossible. And yeah, yeah I think uh, it, it's just get get something up there and right. 
and and play with it even just have fun with it and it's like well who cares if if nobody responds to this i'll just i can just keep changing it or updating it with whatever pops into your head exactly i mean one of the things that i love about the curvy cupid course is that there is a great community of women all in a facebook group and we actually can go through and um help each other out with our profiles so there's a part of the course where we would kind of write up a little blurb for one of the profile questions on OkCupid and just post it. And then people can say, ooh, you know, you should say more about this or, oh, I love the description of that. And you get kind of a little encouragement and a little bit of feedback. And then you can really put something onto your profile that feels solid. So if you're a perfectionist, I really recommend leaning on a community like that because you're going to be able to get so much closer to something that feels, you know, user tested mm-hmm. and, uh, and perfect even than if you kind of are just trying to do it on your own and not really sure and, um, kind of not really wanting to put anything out there until it's perfect. Um, that's going to get in your way. So being able to kind of just write something and throw it past a community and see what people have to say. Yeah. That I, think- I, I would imagine that would be so helpful. Yeah. So I want to move on to a topic of uh, disrespect and dealing with disrespect, whether it's from people who are fat haters or fat fetishers. What is your advice for women who are exposed to that? So let me start with the fat fetish fear. That is one that I hear a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And it was a, a fear that I personally had. Um, when I started dating as a fat woman, I think for a while I identified as curvy and for identified as plus size and maybe I was a little bit smaller, but when I finally was like, you know what, okay, I'm fat and I'm still going to date. I was very, very worried about running into fat fetishists. And I, I think that there are a couple ways to deal with this. One is to change a little bit how we look at this. I mean, one, there are fetishes for like all kinds of stuff, racial groups and, um, you know, different, uh, you know, different sexual preferences. And, you know, there's kind of all these different fetishes. And, um, and you don't have to date somebody who has that fetish. You know, if you're talking to somebody, it's going to become fairly clear fairly quickly if they do have a fetish about you, Mm -hmm. whether it's because of your racial group or because of your size or because of something about you. Um, That just means that they're interested you know, only in kind of using you as a sexual object. And if you're not really into being used as a sexual object, you never have to date somebody who's interested in you for that reason. Virgie Tovar has a wonderful take on this where she talks about how actually the more common fetish is thin fetishism, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's much more common for guys especially to say, oh, well, I'm not going to date anyone who's not thin. Right. What is that if not a fetish? Right. 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 They're not going to date anyone who's not thin. That's defining somebody based on their physical characteristics and saying that that is the only way that they are going to have sexual gratification. Mm-hmm. And so really, um, that's that's the more prominent fetish. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say, too, that picking people based simply on looks is a is a terrible way to pick a partner if you that's 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 all you're basing it on. This is a terrible way to pick a partner. And so whether it's somebody who's picking you just because you're fat um, and doesn't really care about anything else about you, that's not a good sign. Um, and so I think the the important thing to remember here is it's going to become clear very quickly 
they're going to say something about like, oh, I love more cushion for the push-in or something like that. They're going to have some sort of um, fat fetishist phrase that comes out, something about feederism, um, something about like wanting to feed you or wanting you to sit on them, you know, whatever. That's going to come out fairly quickly. I will say I never encountered a fat fetishist. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe in some of those um, like dumb emails that people are just sending all the time. This is the thing. So you put a profile up on OkCupid, you're going to be getting all kinds of funky emails from people. I got an email from, I got a message from somebody who wanted to beat me with a pool noodle. Like that is not something that I'm personally into. And so I go ahead and just (laughs) ignore those. That's what I call white noise. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you might get some fat fetishists in that white noise. These guys who don't even have a profile up and they're emailing like 50 women a day or maybe they're not. Maybe they just emailed you because they're fat fetishists or whatever. And you just delete. Um, If it gets into kind of sexual harassment level stuff, you block or you Mm -hmm. report. There's kind of three different ways that you can deal with those guys. You want to delete you want to delete the messages because they're going to clog up your inbox Um, because there's like only so many messages you can get before it's full. But um, but it's just white noise. You don't even have to look at it. You know, if they don't say something interesting in the first like three words of their email, I, I just delete it. It's not worth it, worth my time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I would deal with fat fetishists is just to know that you're going to get some like random emails like that's part of that white noise. But if you start getting into a conversation with somebody and they seem cool and then they throw one of these things at you, which never happened to me that I never like got into a conversation with somebody and then later found out they were a fat fetishist. I assume it must happen, but it certainly hasn't happened to me. Um, but if you do, you know what, at that point you just cut it off because you don't have to settle for something like that. And no one's going to be able to hide that from you. If that's something they're into, that's going to come out pretty quickly. Right. And I will say that fetishists make up 2% of our population. If we think about 20%, of men are interested in dating plus size women, that's 10 times the number of fetishists. So there's a lot of dudes out there who are not interested in you just because of your size. That's good. Yeah. In terms of um, the fat hate, that's one of the reasons that I really recommend using OkCupid because you can use their match questions to screen those people out. Okay. There's a really specific way I go way into this. I go into it even in the free course, but I go way deeply into how to use those match questions to your advantage in the Curvy Cupid course. And there's a way of answering those match questions because um, OkCupid uses these match questions. It'll ask you, you know, which is worse, book burning or flag burning? And, you, you know, you answer the question and then it matches you up with people who answered similarly to you. Um, so it has kind of this set of standard questions has thousands of them that they ask people and some of them are about body size and they even have a ranking system where you can rank which questions are important to you and so there's this whole different there's this whole um, specific way that you can uh, manipulate those questions to really screen out fat haters so you're not even seeing them and um and so that i i really like okcupid for that reason because nobody wants to get you know 15 messages into getting to know somebody or, you know, get to the first date only to find out that they hate fat people. That's really crappy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad about that. And I mean, honestly, 
you don't want someone who likes you for your size. Like your size can change. Like our appearance can change. Right. And it's just, um, yeah. I mean, if, if, if some, if that's what uh, somebody is putting as their most important asset that they look for in a partner, then you probably don't want to entertain a relationship with them. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if somebody is answering those questions about body size in a way that is offensive to you, um, I, I went by that standard that if they answered in a way that was offensive to me, even if it didn't include me in that, that body type that they were discriminating against, mm-hmm. um, that was it. That was it. And I used that along a couple of different levels. So, um, you know, for me, somebody who discriminated on the basis of race, uh, I found that offensive. And so I, um, screened that out as well. And so I think you can kind of have your own things that, you know, are offensive and you can use those match questions to really screen those people out very well. Okay. And I have an interesting follow-up to that question, which came from a woman who's familiar with your work, because she said, I know that Krista recommends weeding out fat phobic people. But uh, her comment was that not everybody is quote unquote woke yet. So Uh not everybody is like aware of their internalized fat phobia. Sure. And given how pervasive it is, is it worth giving these people a shot as to not limit the pool of ideal matches, knowing that some people can change and evolve? Um, so actually, a woman in my course last year uh, had this exact thing come up, that she started talking with a woman without checking her match questions first. And they were really hitting it off. And then she sent a message to the group and said, you guys... Um, this just happened. Like I was talking with this woman and then I looked at her match questions and she answered a question this way. And it was in a way that was unfavorable to obese people. And, um, the language that they use is really awful. I mean, there's, that's not, it's not one of the more pleasant areas to answer those questions just so you know. But, um, so, uh, anyway, so this, um, so the student was like, she was like, I guess I have to you know, stop talking to her. And the truth is, actually, if everything else looks awesome, there's no reason why you can't reach out. Like if they are just like politically they're on it and, you know, they, they've only answered this one question in this negative way, or maybe two questions in this negative way, like go ahead, reach out, why not? Mm-hmm. And so what I recommended, because she was already talking with this woman, is I said, why don't you go ahead and ask her about it? Because it's possible that she answered that question by mistake. And sure enough, the woman was horrified that she had answered the question that way and um, and couldn't couldn't believe that that was the answer that she had put. Wow. And so and I got an email from that student recently and they're they're still dating. You know, that's going great. OK. And um, so I think it's it is important to know that that's not it doesn't have to be a deal breaker. And hey, if you don't mind risking a fat hater or two. Like, go for it. I certainly kind of, I held that standard to some extent at some point that I was kind of like, you know what? Like, not everybody is at the same place that I am with this. So I'm going to go ahead and, and you know, risk it with this person and reach out to this person and see how, you know, how it goes. And, um, and so I think it's fine if that's kind of where you're at with it, that you don't feel like eliminating all of those people. That's great. But one of people's biggest fears about entering the online dating world is that they're going to encounter a fat hater. And so I like to give people a nice, simple, easy way to just weed those dudes out yeah, and, or those ladies out, you know, that they don't have to even see them because 
you know, it's hard dating when you're plus size. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. And why would you waste energy like reaching out to somebody who's ultimately going to be a bad fit because they answered five of those questions in the wrong way? Like, just don't even bother. But hey, if you've got the energy and they've only answered like one or two questions that way and you don't really care, like, please, by all means, go for it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a personal decision based on exactly. how solid you are in your in your beliefs and in yourself and how triggered you get by by commentary or, you know, any kind of rejection as it relates to body size. Exactly. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about other approaches because you keep talking about online dating, sure. which is, you know, obviously the way to go, I think, and it gives you a much bigger pool to choose from and be selective right. about. But what other approaches do you recommend for people? Sure. So I recommend thinking about dating a little bit like a stock portfolio and to think about um, investing in a diverse array of different things. So okay. like if you're going to put, you know, I don't know, $1,000 into the stock market, you're going to put $10 on Tesla and, you know, $50 on Apple. I don't know. So you're going to like diversify. You're not going to put $1,000 on one company. And the reason is that that company could fail. So even though online dating is a fantastic way to meet people and has a really high rate of return on investment, you're not going to put all of your hopes on online dating. Mm-hmm. You want to also do other things like one of the things that I really recommend that people do is accept every social invitation that you get. If you're kind of a shy person, um, you maybe kind of don't really like to go out after work, you're kind of tired, well, you might see if you could summon the energy while you're deliberately dating to accept every invitation that you get because you never know who you're going to meet while you're out. Mm-hmm. You might try things like um, taking classes. I really love this approach because you never know who you're going to meet in a class. Pick something that you like to do and see who's in there. It also gives you a chance to practice some flirting skills, which plus size women kind of get taught not to use. There's this um, view of kind of like the Miss Piggy fat woman, right? Yes. She's hypersexualized and she's always going after Kermit and... And so we don't really want to be Miss Piggy, but you know what? We can fucking flirt. Yes. Like we can. We can put ourselves out there and, you know, be cutesy and touch somebody on the arm and laugh at their jokes and see if it goes somewhere. Because we're going to use all of those skills on a date anyway if we're, you know, meeting somebody online. It's good to practice them. Mm-hmm. And you just never know who you're going to meet if you take a class, a cooking class, or um, you could join, uh, if you like to run, you could join a running group or... Um, things like that, uh, art class. And even if they're, you know, if you like to date men and there's only women at the class, I don't even rule that out. I think that's great because you never know if you're going to meet like a woman whose roommate's brother comes to town at the next party that they have and you happen to be invited and that person happens to be the right fit. Yeah. You just want to increase the odds that you're going to run into awesome people. And so accepting every social invitation that you get, taking classes, Those are some really good ways to do it. I even recommend, so if you have a dog, um, like picking out some dog-related social things to go to. Dog lovers love to talk to each other. Yes, that is true. Uh, Yeah, you might even think, I mean, this is kind of silly, but it's a low investment thing to do. You might even think about looking cute when you go walk your dog because you just never know who you're going to meet. You might think about getting into the mind frame of, if I see somebody cute, I'm going to flirt with them. 
those are low, really low investment things. I mean, they have a low likelihood of yielding anything, but why the hell not? Like, you never know. You know, put on your cute workout clothes, you know, and and make sure to really talk to that cute guy with the, you know, golden lab, um, and and see if it's you know if anything sparks. So those are some of the ways that I recommend, and I recommend. Um, I have a, even a worksheet on this that we do in the course. It's also available just right off of my website, but it's called um, the Dating Portfolio. And you kind of break down how much time and how much energy you're going to put into each of these different things. And the purpose is so that you don't burn out. Like I don't want you going on OkCupid and also doing Bumble and Tinder and all these different things and looking cute when you go to the gym and looking cute when you walk your dog and accept, you know, accepting every social invitation. That's going to be too much. Yeah. So you want to think about how much energy do you really realistically have to put towards this? And yeah, you want to aim fairly high. You want to put some decent energy into it, but you also don't want to burn out. So you want to pick things that feel like they're going to be sustainable. That's such good advice. I think it's, uh, as an introvert, I'm like, oh my God, that would be exhausting. But I know that it would be, right. <laughs> it would just be something you have to do. Like it's just, right. you just gotta do it and it will pay you know it's more likely to pay out when you're actually investing time into it exactly oh it's so worth it this is the thing to remember is that are you doing a ton of work here yeah but finding the right person the person who's a good fit for you oh it's so worth it oh my gosh i would never ever want to go back um to not having my partner. I would never want to do that. And I would also never want to go back to dating, but I'm so glad that I did it. Quite honestly, I don't even remember some of the hardest things about it. I don't remember some of the most boring dates and the most exhausting weeks. Like I just don't, it's like you get a little bit of amnesia because now you have the end result. Oh, it's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. You talk a lot about OkCupid. Is that, is that the site that you recommend? Is that your favorite one? Um, (laughs) I don't know if I would call it my favorite. It's definitely the one that I used. Um, it's the one that a lot of my friends uh, that I know who met their partners online used. Um, and it is definitely the one that I recommend for plus size women in particular, for sure. Okay. I also like it because it's not just photo based. I think that picking your partner based on looks is dumb. Mm-hmm. I think that that is really a silly way to pick a partner. And actually, I'm a couples therapist for part of my practice. And I see couples sometimes who clearly picked each other because they thought each other, uh, you know, was attractive. And, and that's a terrible way to pick a partner because that is, um, temporary and has nothing to do with whether you get along with them, honestly. Mm -hmm. So sites that focus on like just a split second decision, is this person attractive and worth my time or are they not? I just don't really buy into those. They're easier for sure, but I don't, see that they yield good results. A profile-based site like OkCupid is much more likely to yield results. And that's because you're not just going by looks. You can actually look into who that person is and read a little bit about them and check out their questions and stuff like that. Are there any spaces that cater to feminists? Like, is that is that one of the questions that you can answer on OkCupid? How cool. That's a really good uh, that's a really good question. Actually, yes, there are some questions that cater to feminist um, issues and feminist ideas on the in the OkCupid match questions, for sure. Also, I really hear good things about this site called Bumble. It's like Tinder, so it is a photo-based site. Mm-hmm. But 
women message first. And what I hear about that is that it really cuts down on, it doesn't eliminate exactly, but it really cuts down on the number of weird emails that you're getting because you're doing the first email. Um, and so you don't, you, you know, you, you don't get those kind of weird, like want to beat you with a pool noodle kind of emails. <laughs> beat with a pool noodle. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God, I can't even believe that that is real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's super helpful. That's good. Because um, that was something that, that somebody asked is, is, is there a space that caters to feminists? And I was like, wow, maybe that's like a business idea. <laughs> Someone can start a dating site that caters to feminists. <laughs> I love that. Someone absolutely should start that. Yeah, really. somebody needs to start. Anyone listening out there, there's your business idea. <laughs> we will take 50% of that. <laughs> right, exactly. We, you heard it here first. Copyright. <laughs> exactly. So talk to me about your your course with, with Virgie. Absolutely. So oh, I'm so excited about this upcoming course package because so Virgie offers this amazing course on breaking up with diet culture and just claiming your confidence and your self-love in a really meaningful and lasting way and just in, in a way that just only Virgie can do. She's just so awesome and to the point and mm -hmm. right on she's brilliant and so I have been a huge admirer of Virgie for a while and I ran into her at a plus size lingerie show and you know shakily introduced myself to her like hi Virgie my name is Krista <laughs> that's how and, I felt last um, week when I interviewed her <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's just so awesome I know. she's such an icon you know? I know and um sure enough she was thrilled with the idea of uh of my course and even actually said let's combine these ideas and sell a package and so this is the great thing is so until uh january 31st we are selling this course this course package and you can go uh, check this out. I think the link will be down below, but it's the Fat Babe Collab. Mm -hmm. And you can check this out. And it's going to be Virgie's Babe Camp course through the month of February, so starting February 6th. And then through the month of March, you're going to get the Curvy Cupid course. And so you get two whole months of support, starting with the confidence, starting with just claiming your status as a mega babe, which I just love her language around that. Mm -hmm. And then moving into dating, because then you get kind of that baseline knowledge that you are a worthy person. You may not like completely love yourself altogether after one single month, but then you move into dating because you at least have that baseline knowledge that you are worthy just the way you are. And Amazing. so I, I'm just super, super excited about this. So Virgie's course is by email and it has a Facebook group attached. And then my course is an online course that has 15 video lessons. And so you would do one like every other day and they have action steps attached and it also comes with its own Facebook group. And so you have these two Facebook groups of amazing, amazing women who you'd be connecting with and running ideas off of and um, just basically getting that community of support around. And uh, I, so I'm just, I'm so excited about it. I think this is gonna make it just even 10 times more successful and 10 times more fun, I think, even for people to enter the dating world after having gone through Virgie's course. It looks amazing. I'm so yeah. glad that you guys came together for it. Ooh, that's my dog. Um, 
<laughs> so glad. He's excited about it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. uh, and I will put the link to that in the show notes at summerinandin.com forward slash 78 because this is episode 78. Thank you so much for being here, Krista. It was awesome. I I hope, I know your course is so valuable. So I hope that women are listening today are going to go check it out. And Uh, it's such a thrill being able to talk with you, Summer. I really have been such a huge admirer of you for a while. Oh, really? Uh, yes, and I've actually Thank referred you. several of my clients to um, to you and to your course and to your Facebook group. So. Oh, wow. Thank you. Oh, my yes, gosh. Yes, it's I'm been so such honored. a thrill getting to speak with you one-on-one. Oh, I'm so glad we got to connect. I would love to have you back on to talk about other relationship stuff, too, at of another course. time. Because I think it's such a big topic, especially navigating relationships as you're going through a body-positive process and you know, what to do when your partner isn't on board with health at every size. And oh, I have so many other questions. We could do like a whole other hour, but we'll Absolute save it for two. another time. For yeah, yeah, we'll do it another time for sure. Absolutely. But uh, thank you so much for all of your time here today. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll we'll connect again soon. Sounds good, Summer. Rock on. There's so much helpful advice in that episode. I hope that you took notes. And if you are somebody single looking for somebody, I hope that you feel inspired and have hope that you will be able to find a match out there. All of the links mentioned in this episode can be found at summerinandin.com forward slash 7878. I will see you next time. Rock on. Rock on.